What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Mr. Matey Mac. Mm-mm-mm. And with me tonight is my co-host and bestie best, Dr. Diamond Dove. Triple D! Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language. Mm-hmm. That's not really our style. Not so much. So we'll try to keep this rated... PG-13. You know, mild profanity and artistic nudity. Yes, one little penis that flashes across the screen so quick you can't even see it. But there ain't nothing dirty going on. But there ain't nothing dirty going on. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want this tonight's movie ruined, pause this episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 7 Pantheon nomination number 8, the best little whorehouse in Texas. Nominated by Rachel Plantiga, guest voter Bill Wheat. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Yes, let's. Dr. Diamond Doug, uh-huh. what is Pantheon? Sure, Pantheon refers to movies that hit on all cylinders. It's the Adventures in Video Land special shelf mm. of movies. It hits... Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. It is essential viewing. Best of his genre. It has that little je ne sais quoi. I have no idea what that means. Darn it, that's a good joke. It also might have some sort of X factor. Mm, X factor. You know, so the, there are nine members on the AV Council. Every three weeks during Pantheon season, a council member nominates a movie. Everyone else votes yes or no with their reasons in a 500-word write-up. In addition, there is each time a guest voter. And the Facebook poll also counts as one other vote in aggregate if it's either yes or no. Total of 11 votes. Each movie needs a two-thirds majority. So Doing hard math and seven votes. They need seven votes. To get in. Does that ever happen? It does happen. And you know what? We could even look at the list of movies we've looked at this year. Oh, I have it right here. Uh, For example, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Eight votes it made it in. Perks of Being a Wallflower. Six votes it just did not make it. How about Point Break? Great movie, but only three votes. Nope, not even close. How about Muppet Treasure Island? You know, this is a a favorite of some, but only two people... Only two votes from uh, the Pantheon. But again, best of its genre. Yep. Not that it's not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, when Harry Met Sally. Eight of eleven made it in. Ding. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Almost a clean sweep with ten votes. And how about Spirited Away, our very first of the uh, the uh, anime. anime. Yeah. It did make it in. It had eight of eleven votes. So that's the uh, yeah. So that's where we're at right there. All right. Well, hey, before we get into Tonight's movie, let's have a little foreplay. <clears throat> foreplay. Let's talk about movies you shouldn't have watched as a child. Yeah, Robocop. I'm gonna dive right in that I loved it. Yes. I should not have watched should it. Not if have my watched child it. was watching that movie and I walked in, what, I would say Hey Like what where would you draw the line? Just not not I'm not gonna hold you to it, but like in general. Like 10, 12, 13? 13, 14, probably okay. enough to, that the you know, mm-hmm. an age of accountability of sorts, to go. borrow language from another go. sphere. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's one. There is a movie, I 
never been able to figure out what it is, but it okay. was on cable at my friend's house, and there was a bathroom scene, and there was a boob, and that uh, somebody, some killer or something, swapped shampoo for acid, and she yes, poured it on her head and, and, melted. and melted her head, and I've been trying to find this movie using my best semantic searches on Google to figure out what it is, and uh, I have not wow. found it. But it sounds familiar. Do you know what it is? No, it sounds so familiar though. It all it does sound <clears throat> like something that uh, that uh, the director of the Lord of the Rings might have made in his early years. <laughs> I love Dead Alive, aka Brain Dead by Peter yes. Jackson. That's that's not this fabulous. Movie. Tell me a movie you should not have watched as a child. You know because you know. Uh, left unattended. Left unattended. The Evil Dead. He <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have. So, 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 a little background. My bedroom was in the well, technically, not even technically, it was in the basement of the house. Yeah. Finished basement. It was nice, but the stairs were a little steeper than normal and a little narrow. And when you opened the door, that was kind of between the kitchen and the dining room, to go to look down the stairs to the basement, you were looking what looked like down oh, almost yeah. a ship's ladder. Oh yeah. Wasn't that bad, but it felt like it. And uh, we watched the movie, and I got home, and I opened the door, and in my imagination, You're like, nope. there was the witch sitting down there at the bottom of the stairs, cackling away, and I slept in the living room on the floor, covered up by a blanket. Not, Not gonna a do chance it. was I Not going. gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Oh, uh, I mentioned movies we shouldn't have watched as a child, because mm. uh, this is something that came out a couple of times in the comments, as well as the nomination mm. for this movie. Is that it was a favorite movie of childhood of Rachel, uh, but also there was a couple other people saying well, that they watched it as kids. Here's the thing. As a young man, uh, probably an early teenager, uh, 13, 14 maybe, um, my church, and uh, full disclosure, my father was the minister of the church, took the youth group to see this movie in the theater. That, that's not like going to a movie that's called Sand, and you don't know what it's about, and you get there, and it's like, oh, there's Sand Orgy. I didn't know that. No, this is, right. the yeah. word whorehouse is in the title. When the movie title is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's no question yeah. what's going to happen. And in this particular movie, with the title of The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, so you know what's going to happen. And his rationale... Well, be, well, because it was it was uh, uh, Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds, and it's gonna be wholesome, right? Yeah. I mean, Gomer Pyle was ain't, in this movie. Ain't nothing dirty ain't going on. The movie yeah. starts by telling you right up front, "Ain't nothing dirty going on." Fine. All right. Well, let's talk a bit about <laughs> the best little whorehouse in Texas. Um, it is uh, rated R, a, a musical comedy, uh, directed by uh, Colin Higgins, who also directed Nine to Five, wrote Harold and Maude. Written by Colin Higgins, Larry L. King. Not that not Larry, that Larry King. King. Peter Masterson, based on the book by Peter Masterson. Produced by Thomas Miller, uh, Edward Milkus, and Robert Boyette. Cinematography by William Fraker, who did War Games. Among tons of other stuff. But War Games specifically is a touchstone of my childhood. So that's a big one. Edited by uh, David Bretherton, who did Clue and Cabaret. 1972's Cabaret. Mm -hmm. Uh, that is The Sound of Music's uh, Slutty Cousin, in yeah. fact, yes. Uh, Pembroke, <clears throat> Jay Herring, who did Johnny Dangerously, and 9 to 5. Johnny Dangerously. That is a movie that I adore. I incorporated that into here. And it's a, it's not a movie that everyone's seen. Mm. Uh, oh, I've definitely seen but it. But people Several my times. age have seen it and quote it and mm -hmm. say things like Fargan Ice Hole. Fargan Ice <laughs> Hole. 
Far, <laughs> Thank you. Fargan Azel. You Fargan Azel. Fargan Azel. Oh. All right. Music mm. by uh, Carol Hall, Dolly Parton, Patrick Williams, who did Breaking Away, the uh, the uh, Mini 500 uh, bike uh, race uh, that's based down in Bloomington, down at IU, uh, where they do the where they do that. Starring and, the guy who ends up being uh, Rorschach in. Correct. Uh, 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 What's welcome that? back, Cotter. Not welcome. Not, no, not, no, not welcome back, Cotter. No, I mean, why can't I think of the uh, the, the, the the DC knockoff uh, movie? Oh, that Rorschach, my yeah. man. You uh, mean um, uh, uh, Watchmen? Watch the Watchmen. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Sorry about that. So my brain is cloudy. Production by Miller Milkus <laughs> Boyette Productions, RKO Pictures, was distributed by Universal Pictures. Released July 23, 1982. An amazing year, the year I, I, not the year I met my wife, but the year I decided she was going to be my wife. Fantastic. Uh, and with a running time of 114 minutes. Now, starring Burt Reynolds, Dolly Parton, Dom DeLuise, he was amazing. They were all good, but Charles Durning and Jim Neighbors, and I referred to him as Gomer Pyle a while ago because my entire life, yeah. I cannot remember his actual he name, but Gomer. I do remember Gomer yeah. Pyle. A synopsis. Why don't you give us a little quick little synopsis of this the This is uh, from story. IMDb. A town sheriff and regular patron of a historical whorehouse fights to keep it running when a television reporter targets it as the Devil's Playhouse. Oh, Dom Doesn't Deloise. include this in here, but it is for his own personal gain. It is fame. for his personal gain. <clears throat> that is right. Uh, how about some ratings? IMDb gave it a 6 out of 10. Metacritic gave it a 40 based on 10 reviews with a user score. Of six point eight. How about Rotten Tomatoes? Forty-two percent rotten. So this mm. is a this is listed as a rotten movie on Rotten Tomatoes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but it doesn't have a lot of reviews. It's like twelve. Yeah. Sixty-eight uh, percent audience score. Google eighty percent like it. This is one of the lower rated movies that we've seen in pan yeah. put up for Pantheon. Yeah. As far as critical reviews is yeah. con are concerned. Well, talking about reviews, uh, some Rotten Tomato reviews of the ones that were there. Uh, Chuck O'Leary from the Full View Drive-In rated it as fresh, a bawdy good time, all but stolen by Charles Durning as the side Stephen Governor, and Dom DeLuise as the leader of the Decency Police. And by the way, Charles Durning's set his hat sideways, spin his body to, yeah. to match that, and run away. Amazing. Roger Ebert, uh, picking up the, the other side of the stick from Chicago Sun-Times in the rotten category, Dolly and Pert. And Whorehouse never get beyond the concept stage in this movie. Some Metacritic reviews. Now, this is where a critic uh, writes a review, and then the review is given a rating. Yep. Uh, from Variety, the, this review was given a rating of 70. The best little whorehouse in Texas is just about everything it's meant to be. A couple of diverting hours in the dark, rollicking, good-natured, a bit spicy, with just enough heart to avoid seeming totally synthetic. This was the highest review uh listed mm -hmm. on here at 70 mm -hmm. and then you've got gary arnold the washington post uh, rating it at uh, they rated it as a 37 says you're obliged to take your fun where you can find it during this coyly coarse-minded near wreck of a musical and mm -hmm. there's precious little to be found watching the co-stars gather moss in each other's uneasy company wow Harsh so he didn't words, think that bro. there was chemistry no yeah which is weird because yeah anyway uh no reviews listed from the Metacritic Hoi Polloi because mm -hmm. there was only four reviews on there. So the 6.8 user review that the Metacritic mm -hmm. users have given it mm -hmm. 
didn't have much. So dipped into the Rotten Tomato user. Okay. Uh, and the, this is out of a five-star system. All right. So Dalton H. gives it five stars, top ranks there. Very fun and playful movie that I'm sure was beyond racy when it came out in the 80s. Dolly Parton is just as entertaining as she always is. Right in the middle, you've got Arturo Robb. 2.5, bit of a comedy and bit of a musical, but not really successful as either. Oof. And then Rod E., who gives it a 0.5. Picking him up from the mud. As in 0.5. Uh, I just couldn't get into this, and I'm a huge fan of Dolly Parton's Jugs. Uh, dude, her eyes are up here. Weak all around, but it manages to have a shred of charm on Burt's Southern Fried Comedies. So... Uh, looking over at the Facebook comments that this was not as active of a site, but that is reflected as we'll see later that the biggest category of people was, I haven't seen this movie with right, yeah, 77 people. Right. Uh, but we did have a couple of comments here. So we pulled those out first. We got Wes Hansen said, I absolutely love this film. So I'm excited to see how this turns out. <laughs> Todd Polt. Says, Rusty Venture Jr. once thought this was a porno. I don't know who Rusty Venture Jr. was. Well, but you know what he used to think? He once thought this was a porno. But he once thought this was a porno, that's for sure. <laughs> Michael Conrad said, fun, but not even close to best. Of its category, he means, yeah. Pause on this for a second. Yes. The reason I included this next one, one, mm -hmm. is because there wasn't a lot of comments, but two, I thought it was an interesting inclusion because it ends up talking about how our own histories related to movies can shape how we see movies. Some might call this nostalgia, but others, like, you can call it whatever you want. Yeah. But movies are subjective, and that includes our own personal histories with them. Mm -hmm. So that's why I thought this was an interesting one. So go, go on. So Josh Morris says, I literally hate this film. I could be biased, because this is my biological father's deadbeat. Favorite film, and I can't stand the guy. Actually, it's just bad, and I don't mean fun bad, say like Evil Dead. <laughs> Ding. This is the film that was on USA after dinner or Saturday afternoon that abusive fathers watched. Aside from doing nothing for pop culture, it's Turd Ferguson's worst film. Once again, we pedal back to the feeling of a film instead of the actual performance. Rather watch Baby Seals be clubbed while What's New Pussycat plays on loop. So it is difficult to strip away our own independent, like yeah. our own feelings from movies yeah. and to label whether or not our feelings are nostalgia or somebody else's yes. is nostalgia. But there is something to be said for, like, it's just an interesting point of view. Now, Scott Herdliska commenting to Josh Morris with all of his empathetic self said... I love the movie, but where can I pick up a copy of Baby Seals being clubbed while that's what's new Pussycat plays on loop? That sounds like freaky fun. <laughs> it almost sounds like it's like uh, you don't mess with you don't f with cats, but hey, you know whatever. All right, what's so, new Pussycat? Whoa, club, club, club. whoa, whoa! All right, let's talk about how well it did. Some, receipts, some receipts. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, again, released July 25, 1982, 114 minutes by Colin Higgins. Production budget, $35 million. I'll bet most of that went into the clothing that mm -hmm. they wore. Yeah. Uh, domestic gross, $69.7 million worldwide, about the same number, really. Average ticket price in 1982 was $2.94, giving this a... 
patented, copyrighted, trade. Anyone who's listened to our podcast knows darn well what the butts in seats index is. But it is the domestic gross divided by the average ticket price for that year. So $69.7 million divided by $2.94 a ticket means 23.7 million people. Respectable. Triple. Triple the, the Fight, Fight Club standard. As everybody knows, the Fight everybody Club standard. Everybody knows the 7.3 million butts in seats. This is Fight more than Club triple standard. That. Yeah, and made money. Made, like thirty made million dollars, and, had, had, and and honestly, this that we've seen movies much lower, much much lower. Good movies, yeah, that have made it into Pantheon, yeah, that have lower BSI, oh yeah. So another uh, Colin <clears throat> Higgins and Dolly Parton film, Nine to Five, working Nine to Five. What a way, way to, to make, make a living. That came out December 21, 1980, So prior to the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, was one hundred nine minutes. Again, Colin Higgins directed. Production budget of $10 million. Domestic gross, $103.3 million. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Worldwide the same. Average ticket price, two sixty nine dollars that year for a BSI of 38.4 million yeah. viewers. That's uh, like, yeah, brought so, them in. So then I headed over to, hey, if I was going to, from my history, not yeah. from all time, yep. from my lifetime history, if I was going to find the touchstone musical comedy, like A movie, musical comedy from around the same era. era. Right? So 1978, pretty close, got four years before, Greece. Greece. June 16, 1978. What a minutes. weird film, by the way. I know everybody loves it, <laughs> it but is, it all those high new. schoolers are 35 years old, and the story, like his story is, is wackadoo and rapey. Oh my goodness. Yes. All right, yes. sorry. Anyway, sorry. Like, but, let me climb down from the uh, soapbox. Bring it down, bring yeah. it down. But Greece. Uh, 110 minutes, so almost the same Did she length. put up a fight? Uh-huh. 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 Directed by Randall Kleiser, who did, by the way, Blue Lagoon, Blue Lagoon, no shock there. Yeah, yeah. And Big Top Peewee. Um, yep, nope, no shock there either. Production budget of $6 million in degrees. $6 million. Domestic gross, $190.1 oh, million. Dollars. So, Hold on. Worldwide, nearly $400 million. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Average ticket price in 1978 was $2.34 for a BSI of 81.2. Juggernaut. More, more than Ten to almost twelve times the Fight Club standard, but yeah. eleven times anyway. It's a, it's a lot. Another big one, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Uh, August twenty third, nineteen eighty seven, hundred minutes. Uh, Emil Ardolino. He also did Sister Act, for example. He Fun. Did, lot, lots of stuff, but he did that as well. Uh, production budget was six million. Same. Domestic gross sixty four point six million dollars worldwide. Two hundred fourteen point six million dollars. Average ticket price of $3.91 that year gives him a BSI of 16.5. And I would argue that this movie's popularity and watchedness mm-hmm. was impacted by the introduction of VHS and mm-hmm. home re- home video services. I'll give you that. So that even though it has 16, 16.5 here, mm-hmm. that it went gangbusters over, in the video over. It stores. was probably much, much closer to the and 23, Same as I mean, we joke about the Fight Club standard being 7.3 right, million, right, right. but everybody knows about Fight Club. Because Why? Because DVDs. Later. Yeah. Yeah. So then I went to uh, mm-hmm. something that actually is in... Uh, Pantheon, Blazing yeah. Saddles. I, I thought when I was watching this movie that it had a lot of, it, it felt 
it was filmed like and had a lot of touchstones to Blazing Saddles. Right, a lot of sort of Mel Brooks type yeah. comedy and humor. There were Mel Brooks actors. You know, it was like kind of like movies. if Mel Brooks, if Blazing Saddles met Oklahoma. Fair enough. You know. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. So uh, that came out, Blazing Saddles, February 7th, 1974, was just 93 minutes, about an hour and a half by Mel Brooks. Production budget of Blazing Saddles was $2.6 Domestic gross, $119.5 million. Worldwide, about the same. Average ticket price in 1974 was $1.89 with a BSI of $63.2 million. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, really did well. And then I thought, let's look a little more modern. Yep. Comedy, dancing, musical, uh, uh, relationships, characters, conflict, hairspray, 2007. Hairspray. Now, there was an earlier hairspray that was just awful and did, did poorly. I picked the one that did well because that's a better comparison, I thought. Uh, came out July 20th, 2007, was 117 minutes, directed by Adam Shankman. He's a famous choreographer, but he's a director as well. He did Rock of Ages, which I actually considered as a comp, but it's a little newer. And he did uh, several episodes of Glee, for example. Production budget for Hairspray was $75 million. Domestic gross, $118.9. Worldwide, over $200 million. Average ticket price in 2007 was six eighty eight. So seventeen point three million yeah. BSI. So you you were saying to me earlier mm. that when you were looking through this, mm-hmm. that you had a, a, a big 30. list. Yeah. So without running the numbers on, yeah, it, yeah. What else was on the list that you were that you were like, okay, well, Rock of Ages consider. was one. Rock of Ages. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Gosh, I'm trying to just trying to. I was just, actually I was just thinking about this. What else was on that list? Yeah. Um, I, on, honestly, I think if you just... If it, Little it, Shop of Horrors? Little Shop of Horrors was, yes, was definitely there. What I what I actually did initially was my first kind of just kind of whack at it was I just did like, I just Googled... Dolly <clears throat> uh, uh, Parton films, like I, 9 to 5. I did Burton it. Reynolds films, like I, Cannonball Run and I, Stroker I actually, Ace. And I actually Googled uh, the musical Bandit. comedies of the 80s, <clears throat> 80, 1980s musical comedies. And I got this gigantic list yeah. and started filtering down from there. And then I started looking at some of those directors... And looking at their work, and then yeah. all of a sudden the list just started growing, 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 growing. Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors for sure. That actually would have been a great comp in that uh, it was a musical comedy around the same era. Actually, I think it was 79 or 80, but we can look that up. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean. I th- you know, like you could throw Cannonball Run. Cannonball in there, Run, although it wasn't a musical two, comedy. Like, it was you a know, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it had some of the same humor elements. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yeah. exactly. Uh, some of the same humor elements without the music would be like, uh, would be like, um, uh, uh, oh, the one where he was running the Coors beer, uh, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, would be a, you know like a Burt Reynolds. And, and I and I also told you earlier that while watching this movie, it suddenly dawned on me, reminded me of the incredible man crush I had on Burt Reynolds as a kid. He has a hairy chest. That that this guy for whatever reason, just. Embodied machismo, yeah. Embodied 1980s machismo, like Tom Selleck, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I saw him in uh Boogie Nights, I was reminded of it again. Here he was, old and kind of crusty and rundown, and they used makeup to make him look even kind of weirder and older. But um, yeah, no, I mean, he still had the same thing. They tap into that that suave fair in in Archer because he shows up as a character there, where he's just like this cool guy. All right, so before we do a deep dig into the movie, let's look here uh, occasionally, actually fairly regularly, let's be honest, the uh, council members that nominate a movie will send us um, a little uh, 
a little uh, uh, bribe. Uh, oh, okay, it's a bribe. It's a gift. It's a it's a but it's you know gift. they're trying to bribe our affections. Sorta. I mean, we yeah. don't are. What we say doesn't actually affect no, the result. It doesn't matter. But that's in okay. The whole we world. do like it. And so here we have for our three regular viewers from listeners. Rachel. Well, listen, the, two of the three actually listen just to hear what Brian John Chippy's listening. I know. Hey, John, how John, you doing? What's up, buddy? You're amazing. I'm you looking, know who's you know who's not listening? Yeah, Spangle. No, oh, I'm sorry. Spangle. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like no. stick my finger on that Spangle wire. Spangle right has it, like outside of one review this this season that he has not showed up to play. So I don't know. So I'm opening this up. It's in a nice little box. It says it came from eBay. And as I pull the box open here, I get... (laughs) Hey. A box of Magnum XL condoms. Oh, but I'm a triple X. (laughs) (laughs) And a little spice. A little taco, street taco, Southwest Ranch Chicken spice packets. Because you want a little spice with your uh, Magnum XL condoms, don't you? This is fantastic. You know, when like the box is this rectangular small box, and it was reminding me of the, uh, probably about 10 years ago when we did our improv show for the Valentine's yes. Day, when we brought out special gifts for special everyone. Gifts. You know, that, like toilet paper and... Yeah, we made them all sound like they were sexy and dirty, and then everyone's like, oh, I get the joke, and on the last one we pulled out, and we're like, this uh, has a little battery, it it, it shakes up, you can put it on your mouth if you want it, and they're like, oh, it's an electric toothbrush, and the person who came up opened it up and was like, that's a dildo! That's an actual, that's an actual... (laughs) It's a vibrator! Vibrator, isn't it? Yeah. I was thinking in this box that it was, I was waiting for the box to go, There ain't nothing dirty going on. There ain't nothing dirty going on. Oh, hey, these are right. lubricated. So. Yeah. Oh, that's the best kind. They don't taste yeah. very good, though. No, no. They... Well, thank you very much, Rachel. That no, was Rachel. actually quite apropos, as the uh, the Dutch say, I think. It's, it's like putting... Is it the Dutch that say that? It's like yeah. put, putting two coconuts in a marble bag. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Rachel. We appreciate that. That's uh, very humorous. All right, let's do a little deep dig here. Um, the nomination by uh, Rachel. I'll give, read some excerpts here. My 2022 Pantheon nomination is the best little whorehouse in Texas. I understand that coming off the back of Spirited Away, the best little whorehouse in Texas might be a jarring pick, but it will definitely cleanse your palate. Mm-hmm. As a kid, growing up in the late 80s and early 90s, I watched a lot of movies. A lot of unsupervised a movies. I also supervised a lot. I must have watched Whorehouse, as well as films like Romancing the Stone, Wildcats, Private Benjamin, and Purple Rain. Shoot, that was on my list. Purple, Purple Rain. Rain, and I didn't include it, but that's all right. A thousand times before reaching the age of 10. I watched movies on Betacord at my grandma's house, and life was good. Mm-hmm. The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas is a musical comedy, and the music is fracking amazing. I So this is one of the most sweariest reviews that our council members have put out mm-hmm. in a while. Mm-hmm. I heard our council members like to like to be profane while they're doing their write-ups. Do they? But I... Uh, I, I PG-13'd this yeah. list right here, but Rachel's way, got a potty mouth. <laughs> when, I, when I watched The Best Little Whorehouse, I fully expected that to be... This is me, not the review. 
I fully expected it to be the edited version, and apparently the one that I got was the completely unedited original release. So, yeah! Alright, anyway, so we'll go back to it. So the anytime there is, is a euphemism, it's like the fracking. real thing. So, like fracking. The music is effing amazing. Every single song is absolute banger. Something about slapping Whitney she Houston. She did say that Whitney Houston should be slapped for trying to remake <laughs> Dolly Parton's beautiful song. <laughs> the dance numbers are Pantheon, too. The costumes in the film are colorful, a little over the top without being silly and too musicalish. God, I love Dolly. She is truly effing magical. <laughs> and Miss Mona is amazing. All three of her. Every line she delivers is perfect, and I just believe watching her that this is just how Dolly is every day of her life, and I love it. Burt Reynolds as Sheriff Ed Earl Dodd is also F-bombing perfect. <laughs> Tom DeLuise kills it. There really isn't a bad actor in the bunch. I grew up with these characters, and I love them to death. The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas is definitely an off-the-wall pick, and a lot of people probably won't have seen it. If you are not on the council, please watch it. Really give it a try because it's so damn good. This is the perfect season for this type of nomination, and I hope the rest of the council enjoys the film as much as I do, and as much as I have for literally my entire life. This goes back to this season, taps into that sort of youthful love of movies, uh, of whatever it is that there's there's that connection. So. But I hope the nominations continue <clears throat> in this way, because, and even in the next season, because even though you, there's that little bit of fear uh, of like, I'm going to nominate something that really means something to me and someone's going to take a number two yeah. on it, you know. Uh, th th there's that fear of that, but on the other hand, put it out there. I mean, let's see what really motivates you and, and drives also, you. it gets everybody else watching this thing that right? they may not have seen. It's okay if they don't like it. Yeah. It's totally okay if they don't like it. Uh, yeah, all right. So let's talk about the movie and its uniqueness and challenges. So what what's unique about this movie for you? So uh, this movie is a is a screen adaptation of a play. So and it definitely plays like that on yes. the screen. It and feels as like far a play. as a Pantheon nomination, there's been some musicals that are out there, but I'm not sure if there's any of them. Uh, Cabaret, Cabaret, maybe is which was based on camp. a stage play, yeah, <clears throat> a Broadway play. But that's one of the things that brings it. But also, you've got uh, you've got the uh, um, just irrepressible charm of Dolly Parton in this film mm -hmm. that that sh she just oozes through the film, mm -hmm. and her charm is all over this mm -hmm. thing. So mm -hmm. that um, whole scene with her rules, for example, <clears throat> yeah, is it's an example of it, right? Yeah. So I mean. That, that's some of the films. We haven't seen Dolly Parton or, or I don't think Burt Reynolds has been just up in, for anything. Just in uh, Boogie Nights. Um, and, but he wasn't like the primary, right? Yeah. It's not that it's a musical or not that it's a comedy or not that it's about uh, anything else uh, that's salacious or anything. There's been other movies that are like that. But those are some of the u unique aspects of this mm -hmm. nomination. I will say that this movie challenges certain puritanical views yep, that's on what I was just gonna say. sexuality and nudity and, and and nudity and sex and all of that in a in a way that it's not quite present 
elsewhere in the Pantheon, but that also mm -hmm. makes it a challenge mm -hmm. for this movie. That I, I'll be honest, that while I'm watching this movie, that I, and I'm not like a teetotaler, mm -hmm. stick in the mud, or anything like mm -hmm. that. Um, but there was my, I felt the weight of my upbringing as I was approaching even the movie that had whorehouse in the title and started mm. so blatantly about sex and was about sexual positive the positive sexual mm -hmm. sexuality and uh decriminalizing prostitution and stuff and there mm -hmm. was there were like even even if it's not on the forefront of my mind if I care about those things there was like parts of my history that were bristling uh not like not in a way that I couldn't speak to those things as i was watching but mm -hmm. it was definitely something where i was like wow this movie taps into things that are unspoken yeah well you know for me in the 80s there were lots of movies <clears throat> uh, spring break is one this is one and there are others that played with getting right close to that line of being beyond what was actually socially acceptable in movies or tv at the time at that moment in the 80s right and they, they went right up to the line, maybe like pushed their toe over the line or whatever, and uh, and then pulled back. And so this this movie took me back to the way that I felt in the in that era when movies pushed to there and then pulled back again. And I was like, oh, he it's like it's like I just barely touched the the electric wire and I pulled back off again. I got the yeah. initial tingle and then nothing. And it it was it's sexuality approached not from the male gaze of like spring break where right. I'm like hey we're gonna watch, watch girls, girls and, and hey, their boobs yeah. there's boobs yeah, yeah. No, no 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 not no, like that this was sexuality from like even though guys were coming right <laughs> to the, to to the, the house. house and at the core house uh, that this was told from their van at least Dolly Parton's vantage Dolly Parton's point. You didn't get point. a lot of vantage points from the actual the girls, girls, the working themselves. girls. No, they were just they they yeah. were there. Yeah. They were bit bit characters, but it was from their point of view. Yep. Like they were controlling the narrative. And I think some of this goes into the challenges as well because uh, this era in movies were for this kind of movie, not musical, but the the jumping up, getting like close to the titillation and that, and pulling back again, and that little bit of shady, schlocky kind ofness in the movie that that for a lot of people that's before their time, they're not gonna have that same feeling about seeing a movie like that that mm -hmm. that, that, that someone would if they'd seen it in that era. So there's that's that's another bit of the challenge. Another piece of the challenge is that the kind of comedy that um, that uh, a lot of these actors, you know, did their shtick, Dom DeLuise's shtick, uh, Burt Reynolds' shtick, his like his funny little goofy laugh, and those things that he would do, those are not current touchstones. Like, yeah, but those are touchstones from then. But they're not. Yeah, they're not mm. current acting style. Yeah. We don't see people who behave this way. Also, if we do, they're like Tom Green, and they're considered sort of. Yeah. Funny, but over here on the edge, funny. I would also say in that the, the realm of challenges is because this is this movie is stage adapt or screen adaptation, but it's not a screen adaptation in the way of saying that this is almost real life, and we just happen to be singing at the same time, right. La La Land, no. or that sort of stuff. That this is a play. On the screen, yes. There's moments of reality, yeah. But it's de but then 
there's definitely this is a we're watching a play and for those and for people who are watching this as a movie to would say like I, i'm trying to get into this style because i'm not sure what it's trying to be mm-hmm. you know i noticed while watching this movie well actually i was reminded while watching this movie that one of the things about a play uh, uh, screen adaptations of a play is that they can be filmed more like real life like that there's no big deal of following the the main character from behind walking down the street and the main character's not looking at the camera and you can't see their face there's no problem with that like if you watch joker you watch any of the more cotton more modern movies whatever style they are they don't they're not always conscious of where the camera is but in because this, the camera can be anywhere but yeah. in this the camera is the audience style yes and like the screen is, like watching, is a proscenium That's yeah right. it's like watch like the the front of the stage is yeah. towards the, the camera action is always downstage towards yeah. the camera the stuff that's in the back is not supposed to draw your eye away from the action yeah. of what's happening and so it was filmed in that way and i think that can be a challenge um, it, but it's in my eyes, it was an insight. Just kind of reminded me of when you watched. These as far as other challenges that council members might pick up mm-hmm. is that you always have to ask the question: If this is, if I'm grading it against musicals, are there better musicals? So if I'm grading it against Dolly Parton musicals. or Burt music, there's other ones. If I'm grading it against comedies, mm-hmm. that like you know, like are there better comedies? Like, are there better musicals? What is the genre that I'm looking at, and are there other things that yep. are there or adjacent that are better? Yeah. And, and people will ask that question. Well, let's break it down real quick. Uh, we've talked a bit about the characters, the, the actors, and, and their performances. But how did you feel uh, acting and the casting of the roles? How did you feel that? that so, um, I'm... I'll start with the highlights. Okay. Dolly Parton is amazing. That she was just... She's pure charm and joy all the way through. I agree. And uh, I like everything about her. Burt Reynolds, I'm not 100% on because there's moments where I'm like, okay, meh. It's just Burt Reynolds. It's Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Um, I like Dom DeLuise's character. So did I. You weren't supposed to, but I did. I, I liked him. I, I liked what he brought to it. I was less enamored with the governor. Uh, you know? Yeah. Like, like I mean, his, his song. His big thing was and, his song and, big, his, and his little... His and his head trick with the head trick, and and really that was his. He fired that cannon a few times, and that's all there was. I did like Jim Neighbors as the na- narrator. Oh, it was good to see Jim Neighbors again. Like it's it's good to see him, and he did his job. The narrator, he, and the he was Gomer right. Pyle yeah, from yeah, the Andy yeah. Griffith Show, grown up here at a whorehouse. Yep, yep. But uh, there wasn't much going on in the back. Mm-hmm. There was this Dolce May character that was just undeveloped completely. Yep. You never heard from her. Yep. Never developed her. Right, right. That there was, you know, like, so for me, it's a mixed bag, but there's little, there are shining moments and Dolly Parton is definitely the uh, high I point I agree with me. you there. And you? Uh, no, I'm I'm right with you. I, I can't imagine, though, and mostly because I've seen this movie, you know, since I was fairly young, but I can't imagine anyone else in those roles. But then again, I never saw this uh, as a stage yeah. play, so I wouldn't know that part. So, little, uh, 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 a little mental exercise. Mm, yes. It's Best Little Whorehouse of Texas. Remake. In the world of remakes. It's remake. Somebody's like, hey, we gonna, we're going to remake this right now. Yeah. Who plays the top three? Top three. Bert, 
Do- Dolly Burt and Dom DeLuise. Uh, uh, Dom DeLuise's character. Gosh, that's a rough. Yeah, Zach Galifianakis to... as the as Dom Dom DeLuise. DeLuise. Yeah. yeah, for sure, absolutely. I would almost go with Will Ferrell or maybe uh, maybe you gotta get somebody who's like like sex. Well, you know, like man, that's like male. That's where I machismo was. Sex. That's where I was heading over towards. Um, uh, um, oh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Maybe Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, in the, in that role, possibly, um, I don't know. Maybe Rob Lowe. No, he's not manly he's, enough. Yeah, right? He but, is, yeah. but he's too old now, and that's that's the thing. I see him and stuff, and he looks so good. And then you see him up close without the makeup, and you're like, mm. but then who plays Dolly? That's a. She doesn't have to be giant. Doesn't have to have the Dolly. Yeah, she doesn't have to have huge boobs, tracks of land. Doesn't have to have that, right? Yeah, but but yeah, who plays Dolly? That's a that's a good question. Who, who is charming, her? pure sex? But also has that like if she giggles, you just giggle with her. Yeah. Yeah. Who is that? Is it is it Kristen Bell? Is it is it somebody like that? But she doesn't have enough sex appeal. Is it? I mean, is I it like Scarlett Johansson? No, she's. I in my mind, she's always going to be a tough as nails assassin of some sort. So she's she's kind of she's she's going to have to do something big to change that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need somebody to be able to. Pull if this, this was off. in the early two thousands, I would have gone with. Uh, you know, um, uh, like twenty years ago, I would have gone with like um, uh, 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 the girl from. Um, oh shoot! Can't remember the show. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah, the girl from uh, uh, like uh, Clueless, or maybe, or maybe. Uh, who oh, is Kirst- that? not Kirsten Dunst. No, no. The other, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've gone with her. Lindsay, not Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> no. Or, uh, oh, oh, wait, hold on. What about from The Boys, the original... <laughs> Elizabeth Shue? <laughs> Elizabeth Shue. All right, I'm in. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue. I'm watching Let's it. Let's do it. She's already done a movie. All right, sorry for, sorry for the sidetrack yeah, side right there. All right, there. Let's talk about directing and casting. So, for me, we've talked a bit about the directing... Or not directing and casting, directing and editing. We've talked about this already when we talked about the fact that the film was shot... Where the camera was the audience, proscenium stage type uh, structure. It was directed and edited in this way. I don't give it as high a points on directing and editing. There's times in this, and I don't know if you where to put this exactly, but the the lip dubbing on the singing on the singing was is off. just off. I don't I don't know if that's because of the trans the the uh, the conversion to digital. I really don't. Or, and, or and whatever. There but. wasn't, like, uh, some scenes were great. The expose running through the house, that was all sorts of fun. Some of, Dom some of the dance numbers when that he, they're doing. When he first was introduced yeah. and did his uh, did his thing uh, there in the that show, a, yeah, that yeah. was perfect. A lip, 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 that was bright. But in terms of, like, cuts between scenes, that there wasn't anything that I was like, oh, this is ma- magical. The only, the only there was time... Something, he, took off a, he took off something. He took off a... A cape or a, I don't know, a, a scarf or something, and he kind of flings it forward. Maybe it was a flag, and then immediately the scene cuts to a big, broader view, and that thing that he threw on the floor is nowhere to be seen. It was a, it's a, it's a nitpicky yeah. point. Well, and but I, that happened more than once. I did feel like the intro scene was done well, directed I liked it. well, like. Yeah. The narration worked well over top. I, the, I like the, 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 the one with the, 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 the silhouettes of sexing in, sure. in the windows and like sure. 
like we're talking about something, but we're not like it's we're not being body. But that dance number of the football <clears throat> players from winning the game to the locker room to being on the bus to them being in the pickup truck to getting to the house that was I think done super well. Like that's exactly what you want that to look like. Uh, but a lot of the other stuff was. It was good, but I wouldn't give it. It was like somebody was four. filming an actual play that kind of in some like places. So the screenplay and story for me, um, you know, they're they're good. Like I have no problem right with screenplay no problem and with story. Those. There's a lot of funny one-liners in there. That, and they uh, use goop, goose yes. poop through a tin horn. Yes, and, yes, uh, yeah. All all those little witty one-liners that uh, that Burt Reynolds says. Uh huh. And, and as far as cinematography and locations. I mean, they did great with this, the small, little, very restricted um, areas that they were that they would be yeah. shooting in. I thought they did really well with that. I love yeah. the downtown in the band. Uh, Head back to the, the future vibes, felt, right? Yes, back, exactly. it, it felt like backlot uh, footage. Uh, yeah, but um, I was good with it. So, like, uh, nothing crazy but the house was great and the downtown was great that house by the way and they was filmed on pandora's location. box not pandora's box what's the box where it's much bigger on the inside than the oh outside? doctor who yeah yeah. <laughs> the, yeah yeah the tardis yeah the tardis the house, that was the tardis the, because the house went on forever because outside it was just your basic farmhouse but inside it was like 10 times bigger and had a gigantic like backyard thing yeah anyway score uh, Again, I was I'm all down with all of the music. Toe in tap movie. and music, yep, lots I'm of right fun songs. I mean, yes, uh, I'll always love you. At the end was a nice song, but that wasn't even my favorite of the bunch. I mean, the uh, like I I even liked Hard Candy Christmas and uh, yeah, like nothing dirty going tell you, on. Hard and... Candy Christmas for me uh, is the one part of this movie where I was reminded that there were part. That's where I was reminded there were parts of this movie that I felt like. While the music was appropriate for what was going on, it was too long. Yeah. Like, that particular scene just went on. Yeah. They could have trimmed it, but yeah. Anyway. But fun songs. Yeah, lots of fun songs. Lots stuff. of fun songs. Very singable songs. Yep. Very good. Very good stuff. I liked it. I'm, I'm all in on the score. I really am. Uh, even with the minor little I think... There, so there aren't really any special effects, but there is choreography. And that right there is the notable that I was going to point out as well. Yeah. That choreography was great. The guy's dancing was probably Did was you know just amazing. It the forty-five-year-old like, choreographer that was in the middle front of when all the football players were dancing. Yes, he was mostly bald. Usually wore a hat, but then he would take it off and that Yahoo. was his most qual- yeah his most <laughs> was notable like, characteristic. I turned to my wife and I said, "That's the choreographer, and he's got to be over forty. And she's like, "He's dancing better than all them young kids." And I'm like, "Oh well, yeah, he's the choreographer." But yeah, he looked great. He's and you could tell he was just like, "And I'm front and center." <laughs> yeah. Yes. But no, I, I thought the choreography was a big part of the notables of the movie. X Factor. Well, see that for me, that's the X Factor is because I have such history with this movie. Yeah, watching it with your youth group and your pastor dad, and I'm literally watching it with my <laughs> wife and my mother. Right, uh, the other night, and then we watched, and then we just yeah. watched it again. We watched it back to back. So yeah, that X Factor is there for me. And so I've heard of this film. Mm-hmm. Heard songs from the film, hadn't watched it all the way through, mm-hmm. so I have no nostalgic connection to right. it. Right, uh, it's definitely part of our culture. Yes, you can't really. There's stuff in the movie that you didn't know that's where it came from. Yeah, I mean, like, or there's like, "I Will Always Love You" was in this movie, even though it was written years before. But then she used it in this My movie yeah. before Whitney Houston. That 
you're like, oh, okay, that's in there. There's phrases that show up uh, yep. that, yeah. Yep. So, yep. but, uh, but like, there's no other special connection for me, but, uh, but I do admire this movie for being part of the culture. Because yeah. if you say best little whorehouse in Texas, people are like, oh yeah, no, I've heard of yeah, that I've before. Heard I've never read it, but yeah, never I haven't seen, it. I haven't seen yeah. it. I haven't watched. Yeah, I, I honestly think this is one of those that's like worth a view. I'm not sure though if uh, if aliens landed on Earth and they said, "Give me a list of 25 movies that I should watch to understand more about your culture," I would include it. I'm not sure I would, unless you wanted legalized prostitution in space. Well, technically, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some awards. Nominated for three awards, that and one of those, it was nominated for an Academy Award for mm. Best Actor in Supporting Role for Charles Darning. Yeah, good enough. All and right. We have some IMDb trivia yeah, as well sure. down on the page while filming the ending scene. <laughs> right at the very end when he's whisking Dolly Parton away, Burt Reynolds got a double hernia from picking up Dolly Parton <laughs> when he often joked to Dolly that he'd think of her every time he got a pang of pain. When he picked her up, uh, I, I saw that just the other day when we, when we watched it. He picked her up and I thought, well, she's really small. And then it dawned on me, the way he picked her up, you could tell that he was kind of like, oh, I'm going to pick you up. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are a, a person of substance. <laughs> Dom, and she's not fat. She's just yeah. dense, I guess. Dom DeLuise's character, Melvin P. Thorpe, was based on the real newsman Marvin Zindler, born 1921, who died in 2007, who brought down the real chicken ranch, by the way, which was not in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, the incident where the sheriff snatches the wig off Thorpe's head and holds it high really happened between the Fayette County Sheriff and Zindler. Knowing that she'd be starring opposite Burt Reynolds, it was Dolly Parton's idea to have Miss Mona and the sheriff romantically involved, though she faced harsh criticism from both screenwriter and critics for this drastic deviation from the real-life story which inspired the film. The uh, Chicken Ranch House went on to be the Firefly residence in House of a Thousand Corpses. Brad noted that on yeah, the he AMD did two thousand three baby. This movie is one of three movies that Jim Neighbors and Burt Reynolds made together in the early eighties. The other two are Stroker Ace, Stroker Ace, and Cannonball Run Two, nineteen eighty four. And I always think that Jim Neighbors was in Cannonball Run, but it was two. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Dolly Parton has a song about a hard candy Christmas you referred to earlier, which refers to being disappointed or down. Filled candies were not as available in the 1930s to the 1950s as they are today, and they were very expensive. Children usually got chocolate-covered filled candy at Christmas time as a treat. If their families were experiencing financial trouble, all they would get were the relatively cheap hard candies, which left, left them disappointed. We didn't include this as a fun fact, but I did. But it is in the movie, and I do appreciate the fact that it's called the Chicken Ranch because guys were paying for sex with chickens during the Depression because yes, they didn't they have were. cash. Miss Mona and Ed Earl's conversation about Jesus and Mary Magdalene was ad libbed. That whole little middle section, I will say, I could tell it wasn't like yeah, it felt off. It felt off. Like it was from, like they fell out of their own, they fell out of their characters, and it was just Burt Reynolds yeah, and Dolly Parton talking like about Jesus the, and Mary the, Magdalene. The tightness of the rest of the dialogue yeah. was not present in yeah, that which scene. Which was all like pop, 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 pop. And not, this was like, well, you don't know, no, no, uh huh, and no, 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 yeah, it just. It's not felt like soft. a movie like Step Brothers or something where everything like it's like the improv is all through. And it heightens the film and doesn't change the pace. Admittedly, when this was filmed, it was on film. Yeah. And you didn't just take 37 takes and edit it down like digital. Yeah. 
for example, Step Brothers or Deadpool or any of those movies, they can take as many takes as they want and just literally throw away the costs us zero dollars. Delete it. Money, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, other people that were up for Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton's roles in the film included Willie Nelson <laughs> in the role for Ed Earl Dodd and Barbara Mandrell or maybe Crystal Gale for the role of Miss Mona Stangley. I could have seen Crystal Gale in that role. My sister was a huge Barbara Mandrell fan. Oh, yeah? She was. She was. Of all the films Colin Higgins directed, she this was the only one not to receive an Oscar nomination for the Best Original Song. Uh, 9 to 5, 1980, saw its title tune nominated, while Foul Play 1978 had the Barry Manilow song, Ready to Take a Chance Again. Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's talk about the votes that we know of at this moment. Of course, Rachel nominated it. She's a yes. Brandon has said yes. Brad has said no. Uh, and uh, we don't know about uh, Matthew, Jeremy, Kyle, Nathan, April, Adam, or our guest, Bill Wheat. The yes on the Facebook poll is actually a pretty close poll compared to what we have in the yeah. past. But yeses are 44, noes 31. That's as of today, the recording of this podcast. But 77 people have said, I haven't seen it. Now, the way the Facebook polls work uh, is they open up and then they, they shut down after a week. So actually, you used to be able to do like, I haven't seen it, and then watch it a week later, then go change your vote, and that's not possible now. They're kind of fixed. The fact is, it's fixed now. So this is a yes from the Facebook yep. poll. So we have three yeses, and it needs four more. How about your vote? So I'll say no. Yeah. For me, uh, not because I didn't enjoy the film. I did. I I, I liked it. Like I'd put it in the three point seven five four mm. star rating for me mm -hmm. out of five stars. Yeah. Uh, something I liked. Um, something that was fun. I would recommend it to other people. Go ahead and watch this. If they're like, uh, hey, have you ever seen the best little whorehouse in Texas? Yeah. Should yeah. I spend the time? Cause, sure. Because it's not free. I have to spend like three bucks to rent it. As opposed to like something that's on Netflix that that like uh, is that has Bruce Willis in it in one of his light, latest last films. Yeah. Like, where you're like, oh no, don't watch that. Yeah. That is, like they were reading painful. his lines in an earbud because yeah. he couldn't remember them. So, know? yeah. So I liked it, but there was enough things that it wasn't quite polished enough, uh, tight enough, or, and there's other things that I would rank as better. Okay. Uh, I, I tell you what, for me, I have gone back and forth on this, and really I think on the fence. that finally, though, uh, the X Factor and those elements, for me, I just can't separate myself. I like I've, I've thought about, okay, is this is just, it's just, you know, my personal feelings. Nope. I would give it a yes, but I'll tell you that it only barely made a yes. But, yeah. it, but it is a yes. It was like a... 4241 but then the x factor kind of give it a bump. Like it it's a 4.5 but 4.49 is the cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, so as my students would say, well, you know, if I do have an 89.61, doesn't that round up to yeah, a 90? You're like, no. And I say no, but in this case I'm going to go. Yeah. yeah. Cuz x factor. Cuz yeah. they 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 smiled at you in class. They smiled. <laughs> no, not because of that. <laughs> Just have yeah. a, I just have a heart of gold. That's why. All right. So, any uh, any any final thoughts you have? You know, I thought this movie, even though it was filmed in 1982, was rather prescient about things that we're even dealing with today. I'm talking about, like, I mean, 
prostitution is not legalized on a federal level. Nope. Or it's not not legal in, in our state even. I was thinking, I don't even know if it's legal state to state. It's legal, I know it's legal in, Le- in Vegas, in, right? In some states allow the counties, I think, to decide. I don't know. But, but, but it is legal in other countries. So, mm-hmm. like, this is a thing that is still a debate that's being had today. The, uh, the... The washy, the washy, wishy washiness of the politician. It was like, yeah. like, really, that's that you know, politicians are going to be politicians yep. all throughout history. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you the answer, and you're going to know that my answer is the answer, and I'm going to say it. All right, any other questions? Yeah, and then also, I, I thought that the um, uh, Thorpe character. Mm-hmm. And his kind of the expose nature of what he was doing was almost reminded me of of the kind of guerrilla journalism that's happening today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 Instagram uh, influencer, the mm-hmm. the person who's making like mm-hmm. it's not just a, like yes, there's been people with cameras and they're trying to make a splash, but also that this phenomenon is carried on through today as people are trying to make splashes and right. exposés and have larger-than-life characters. So I, I thought a lot of these themes, even though it was 1982... They're still playing. They're still playing. Yep, yep. So I appreciated that. Yep. And Dolly Parton is a just a just a, a sheer presence of joy and charm. Absolutely, yep. And, I, and I'm like, telling you, I, I feel... It's like, hard not to watch her without, without just smiling at how smiling. charming she is. Yeah, and you know something uh, about the time that I thought, oh, I'm not really sure I like this character. She went like in the scene with the rules. You knew y'all know my rules, and her rules were pretty much shut up and do what I say. And yet, then she smiled and went, hee hee. And you're like, oh, no, it's Dolly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well. For you, any final thoughts? Or... No, I think we've hit them. I do. I believe, you know, I, uh, I believe this movie uh, does stand up for what it is. I know that the some of the attitudes and the mindsets in this movie do not play in modern times, but for the time frame that it was made in, they do. They stand up. And, and so, you know, I, I would say, uh, I would say it's actually a pretty good movie and I would put it up there for Pantheon. So that's just me. Well, as I, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Triple D, where can Videoland find you? Oh, you'll find me trolling on the Facebook page. Trolling on the Facebook page. That's where you'll find me as well. And you can also find Adventures in Videoland on Videoland on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You have been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Videolanders. Well, I always just thought if you see somebody without a smile, you give them yours. You know, that's pretty good. Uh, that is pretty good. Yeah. I like that. But how, how about this? Okay. We, we love, love you. you.